But I'd like to pray for our dads this morning. Uh, it would be my honor to pray for you. Uh, so dads, would you stand and I'm going to pray for you. And if you're around dads today and want to just lay a hand on them, uh, just uh, you're comfortable to do that. Uh, you just feel welcome to do that this morning. We just want to affirm them and bless them uh, in Jesus' name. Thanks, dads. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, uh, this morning we stand before you as earthly fathers. And we, we have just risen to our feet to say thank you for the privilege of being your sons. Thank you for reminding us today that uh, you love us and that you have grace and love and purpose for us. Uh, so thank you for that this morning. And Father, we pray for all the dads in this room this morning uh, just to acknowledge your message to us today that we are your sons, your children. And we give thanks for all these men. Uh, we lay our hands upon them to bless them and to honor them. And Lord, uh, this morning, all of us as dads really need you. We're, we're seeking to be our best for you. But you know the huge mountains that we face from day to day. Lord, and some have to face the pressures of the marketplace, and those pressures can be huge and complex. And some are parenting as single dads, and they never thought they would ever have to do this. So at times they're overwhelmed, and some face pain and physical afflictions in their bodies, and they can't operate at their best because they carry pain. And all of us as men are learning to be better uh, for our dads, better fathers, better grandfathers, and we're learning as we go. Father, we've never taken a course on this, and in some cases, we've never seen this journey modeled extremely well. So we're trying to put our best foot forward. Father in heaven, all of this to say to you this morning that we really love you and we really need you. We need your power to uphold every father here. We need your wisdom to guide every dad. We need your eye for the vision of every dad so he sees you well. We need your ear for his hearing so he hears you well. We need your hand to protect our fathers so they can travel safely in your journey. We need your word to abide deeply within our dads so they can speak forth the words of, of truth and love to their families. So we pray, Christ, be beside our dads. Christ, be before our dads. Christ behind him, Christ within him. Christ beneath our dads. Christ above our dads, Christ on his right hand, Christ on his left, Christ where dad lies and Christ where dad sits, Christ where he rises, Christ in the hearts of all who think of our fathers, Christ in the mouths of, of all who speak to our dads, Christ in every eye that sees him, Christ in every ear that hears him. Lord, this morning, thank you for hearing us.
We are your sons. Highly privileged to be so. We understand our sin and our brokenness and our need, so we're here to say thank you for calling us your sons. We bless you, our Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated, please. Well, we're in uh, just a little mini-series on the subject of prayer called The Father's Heart. And if you were here last Sunday, uh, you were aware that uh, these, this message last Sunday came out of uh, a question that I posed in our staff meeting the previous Monday. Uh, and it, 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 it came out in a sermon. And uh, then now it has morphed into two sermons. And I, I'm getting a little feedback here. Um, and I saw last week that it was going to morph again, so uh, probably next Sunday as well. What's the question? Uh, what are we asking? What's the purpose of prayer? How do you make sense out of prayer? Uh, and as staff, we started to list all the purposes for prayer, and I just put them into some categories. We honor our fathers today, our earthly fathers, but we also honor uh, our heavenly father and we're all oh, so privileged to see his heart. The Lord wants us to see his heart. Uh, he invites us into his heart. His heart is enlarged so that uh, he can take all of us in and show us who he is. We don't need to be shy, as Richard Foster put it so well. He invites us into the living room of, of, uh, of our heart, of his heart, where we can just put on our old slippers and share freely. He invites us into the kitchen of his friendship, where chatter and batter mix in good fun. And he invites us into the dining room of his strength, where we can feast to his heart's delight. And he invites us into the study of his wisdom, where we can learn and grow and stretch and ask all the questions that we want. And he invites us into the workshop of his creativity where we can be co-laborers with him and working together to determine the outcome of events. And he invites us into the bedroom of his rest where new peace is found and where we can be vulnerable and free. It's the place where we are known by God the most fully. How do you get into the front door of the Father's heart? How do you enter into the Father's heart? The key that unlocks the door is prayer. Perhaps you're a little skeptical about uh, the value of prayer. Maybe you've been disappointed along the way. Uh, maybe you've under misunderstood his heart. Let me just say it again this morning. The Father's heart is open so wide. You are welcome to come in. Uh, perhaps you have failed God, like we all have. We're all in that boat. And you feel distant from him, unworthy of him, feeling really on the outside. The Father's heart is open and wide. He will help you forgive yourself and move on. So if you're in that category this morning, you need to move on and experience his grace and forgiveness. He wants you to do that. Don't despair, but hear the invitation to come to his heart. Perhaps you've been a prayer 
over all the years, but right now you're walking through the dark night of the soul, the silence of God. And God seems remote and inaccessible. Things seem pretty dry. Just to remind you that in those dark nights of the soul, the Father's heart is open wide. You're welcome to come in and just tell him. Perhaps prayer is very much part of your life, but you keep wanting more and more and more. You want to go further into the heart of, of God. He desires that. You're welcome to come and grow and expand and move into the depths of the Father's heart. How do you make sense of prayer? We talked about three of those purposes last week. The first one was relationship, that God wants to have a relationship with us. Uh, prayer is our time to get to know God. He wants to tell us that He is a Father to us, a good, good Father, like the song we often sing. I think Chris Tomlin must have been really hearing well when he heard and he wrote these words. I've heard a thousand stories of what they think you're like, but I've heard the tender whispers of love in the dead of night, and you tell me that you're pleased and that I'm never alone. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. And that's one of the purposes of prayer, to know who the Father is. Years ago, I don't know if you've ever heard this term, but years ago, prayer used to be defined as keeping company with God. Keeping company with God. We don't use that term as much anymore, uh, but it's a good way to look at prayer, uh, encompassing your life and relationship with God all day long from the moment that I get out of the bed in the morning to getting that cup of coffee to heading into my office study at home to opening up the scriptures, to journaling, to watching some birds playing in the cedar tree just outside the, my window, to some breakfast, so backing the car out of the garage, to driving down the hen day, and then the activities of a regular day, just keeping company with God. To keep company with God is to experience your whole day with Him being right there in the midst of trials and frustrations and victories and celebrations, the whole of life. And I would say this, I don't want to leave the impression that prayer is our natural tendency. I don't every day pop out of bed at all and head toward my quiet time with the Lord with the sense that I can hardly wait to get there. Now, the reason for that is that we all have a battle going on. We all have a battle. There's a battle to keep us away. And you know this. So it's always great to be in the Lord's presence, but I want you to know it's always intentional. It's intentional. I read the story of a father who was walking through a shopping mall with uh, his two-year-old son, and the child was in a particularly bad mood. He was fussing and upset and the frustrated father tried to do everything to quieten his son, but nothing seemed to help. And the child just simply would not obey. Then under some special inspiration, the father scooped up his son and held him very close to his chest and began singing an impromptu love song. <laughs> None of the words rhymed. He sang off key. 
And yet, as best he could, the father began sharing his heart with his, his son. I love you, he sang. I'm glad you're my boy. You make me happy. I like the way you laugh. Oh, and then they went from one store to the next. And quietly, the father continued singing off-key and making up words that didn't rhyme. And the child just kind of relaxed and became still listening to this strange and wonderful song. Finally, they finished shopping and went to the car, and as the father opened the door and prepared to buckle his son into, into the car seat, the child lifted up his head and said again, Daddy, sing it to me again. Sing those words to me again. You know, and prayer is a lot like that. Just allowing ourselves to be scooped up in the Father's arms and having him sing over us and reassure us and strengthen us through the messiness of our lives. His heart says, you just come. You just come as you are. I'm here keeping company with God. Oh, and we have so much stuff in our lives that hurts us and worries us. And it's, it's not like we need to hear that message only once in a lifetime that the Lord loves us. It's regularly, it's daily that the Lord loves us. We need it constantly. We, we get down. We lose our confidence. We need to be reassured that, that all is lo not lost, that, that God is for us, that God is working, that he hasn't abandoned us. And that comes to us, this deep assurance as we come to the heart of the Father. Say it to me again, Father. I just need to hear it again today. Secondly, partnership. One of the purposes of prayer is that we're given the high privilege of partnering with God in his kingdom work on earth. It's an awesome privilege. Uh, he could certainly do it without us. But he chooses somehow to use us. Wow. Now, I know we're not equal partners at all. But God delegates work to human beings so that we can do history together. Clearly, the partnership has one dominant partner. And the other, well, almost insignificant from our perspective. Kind of like an alliance between the United States and Iceland. Well, there's no question who is the stronger partner. And the stronger partner could overpower the weaker partner. But when we partner with God, our Father just keeps inviting us up to come up with Him. Just to come up with Him and join Him and lead and hear His voice and work with Him in the kingdom work that needs to be done. And be a part of the big picture of what He's doing. And He will allow us to grow in the partnership. That's awesome. He wants us to grow in the partnership. If you want to, you can. You may be surprised at how he honors your involvement and begins to bless you as you partner with him. Because then it's not about you, it's about him. Thirdly, alignment. Another purpose for prayer is alignment. We may or may not know when we pray that there's something out of alignment with the Father's heart. And when we engage with the Father and listen to Him, He aligns us 
when we're being hard on ourselves. Do you ever get down on yourself and just kind of say, have those voices saying those kind of names about yourself that, that just want to turn you away from God? But we hear the gentle whisper, do you not know who you are? You are my son. You are my daughter. I want you to see who you are. And we hear the gentle whisper when we're filled with arrogance, thinking, we can do this by ourselves. You're so lucky to have me in your group. All of a sudden, in prayer, we're aligned. And the Spirit reminds us of our need for brokenness and humility. He aligns us. What does God do as we come before Him in prayer? He changes our attitude. He just chips away and He opens our eyes and we begin to see the reality of who we are as we come into His presence. Now, sometimes He changes our understanding. We just may be set, dead set, on going this way. And we really haven't stopped to say, but God, am I missing it? Is that selfishness? Change my perspective. I'm so glad the Lord said no to us on many occasions when we were trying to move forward here in expanding the ministry at TCC. Because we would have settled for less for the sake of expediency. But the Lord wanted to give us more. He realigned our perspective. He changes our desires. He aligns our hearts to his heart. He tweaks his, our attitudes. And then, fourthly, resource. Or could be with an S behind it, resources. The purpose of prayer is to resource us for daily living. Prayer is a resource. Imagine the throne of God filled with awesome gifts and resources that the Father wants to give to us, his children. The resources are there, and he invites us just to come and ask. Jesus invited us to petition the Father. Go ahead and ask. In fact, he says, please ask. The Father loves it when you come before him and you ask. Jesus said, come to the Father in childlike faith. He's your Father. Would he give you a stone if you asked for bread? Would he give you a, a, a snake if you asked for fish? No, no. You see, your father is Abba, Daddy, and he loves you, and he wants the best for you, so you can always ask. And I know what we think. Oh, we say it doesn't really make sense to ask God for the things I need because he's God. He already knows. He knows everything about me. How does that work? Well, we don't mind uh, when our kids come to us and ask, even though we already know what they're thinking, because we've been around the block a time or two. We can read it. We know the tone of voice. But we love our kids to come and to ask about it. And, and in the very asking, the relationship is deepened, just the way they say, Dad. I mean, we have three daughters. I can tell you how each one of them say it. Just a little different, just a little... I know exactly what's coming. That's an ask introduction. Could you? You got a minute. Sometimes just their voice. Oh, yeah, I, I could do that. Oh, yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, I could do that. We, we can work that out. Thank you for asking. And pretty soon, 
they have dad wrapped around their little finger. Ah, oh, it's just the way they say it. P.T. Forsythe put it this way. Love loves to be told what it knows already. Isn't that true? It wants to be asked for what it longs to give. There's just something in the process of the asking that's important to the Father. It's not a standoffish, well, you know what I need, God, and after all, you're God, so why should I ask you? Please just do it. No, 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 no. It's more like we, we get to talk. We get to interact. Father, thank you for always being so good to me, and I know that you know my need. <laughs> I've, and I bring it again because I know I can and because I know you have me, Father. So here's my need. Could I just ask you to step into this situation? Just handle it for me or give me wisdom. Let your kingdom come in all of this. I know you can work this out. Don't stop praying. But always remember that our God is bigger and he sees the big picture more than we do so we can trust him for his wisdom and his working. And in the process, know he's your father and he loves when you come. He loves when you open your heart to him. And, and that's how Jesus said it. You could start to pray the Lord's Prayer. You, you just need a starting point. You could just start with the word father. It's not a great word to start with. Just start there. Start by saying, Father. We can say, Father, here's, here's my needs. You are my Father. Here's what I think I need. And I'll just tell you what I think I need and, and, and wait for you to respond with what is best. And Father, maybe I got it wrong. Maybe that's not what I need. Maybe I just think that's what I need. So if you need to move the pieces around so I receive what you really want me to receive, then I'm okay with that too. And there you have a submissive heart. Oh, it's also different when he is father. The Lord's Prayer is a marvelous way to understand what you can ask for. Ask for provision. Give us this day our daily bread. We'll ask for pardon. Forgive our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. Ask for protection and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Protect us there. Prayer is a resource for us as we're called upon to enter into the spiritual battles of life, of which there are many. I've been trying to make a point of uh, getting a flu shot every, every fall uh, because I think it makes a difference. Uh, some people say that doesn't make any difference for me, but I think it makes a difference. So, so do millions of people because they get it every year and if you can reduce the worst effect of an infection or a disease that might just mow down the whole half of the province, uh, that it's definitely a help to everyone's health. It'll help you. It might help others. It will def definitely save the healthcare system some money in the long run and that's a good thing. In the spiritual realm, Prayer is one of God's resources to counterattack the enemy who wants to break through and negatively impact our lives. And prayer is a weapon against attacks designed to weaken or destroy our spiritual immune system. By strengthening our immune system, we cancel out 
the incoming missiles that want to land in our backyard and hurt us and destroy us. At the prayer summit last Sunday evening, all of the people gathered around our staff and they prayed for us. I tell you, that is, that is so awesome. That means a lot to, to, to us to ask God to fortify us in the battle. It means so much. We can bring great encouragement to other Christians who are under siege, helping them break free, free from discouragement or apathy or fear or paralysis from an attack by the enemy. And he is attacking. Listen to these words from Paul. He said, finally, when we could stand it no longer, we decided to stay alone in Athens. And we sent Timothy to visit you. He's our brother and God's co-worker in proclaiming the good news of Christ. We sent him to strengthen you, to encourage you in your faith, and to keep you from being shaken by the troubles you were going through. But you know that we are destined for such troubles. Even while we were with you, we warned you that troubles would soon come. And they did, as you well know. That's why, when I could bear it no longer, I sent Timothy to find out whether your faith was still strong. I was afraid that the tempter had gotten the best of you and that our work had been useless. The Apostle Paul was concerned about his spiritual kids. So much so that he sent Timothy to see how they were doing. And don't you think Timothy prayed for these young Thessalonian believers? Isn't it true that at times, we need other believers to strengthen us and to encourage us. Because we're weak. We need somebody else to hold us up because we're weak. And isn't it true that we need to strengthen others because we see that they're weak? And, and we see that they're struggling. And we can encourage them in their faith and in their journey. Do you all know this? No matter how good someone looks on a Sunday morning here at TCC, you have no idea what they're carrying. You have no idea what they're carrying. You can't tell the kind of battles that they might be fighting in the spiritual realm because they're, they're, they won't tell you, not unless you get close to them. None of us understand what's really going on behind the smiling faces we see. Some of you know this story. In October of 1999, a twin-engine Learjet taxied down the runway in Orlando on its way to Dallas. Now, the plane should have made a left turn at Gainesville and headed towards Texas, but it, it veered off course towards South Dakota. And repeated attempts to contact the pilots were made with kind of just a deafening silence. There was no response. Five fighter planes were dispatched to go up and make visual contact. Two F-16s were finally able to pull within 50 feet of the Learjet, 30,000 feet up in the air. And the pilots reported that they were unable to see inside because the windows were iced over. The plane flew on autopilot for 1,400 miles over a period of four hours and finally crashed into a grassy field at 600 miles an hour. All six passengers were killed, the most famous being professional golfer Payne Stewart. It was a bizarre and tragic event. And if you were standing on the ground and you could have seen that aircraft overhead, you wouldn't have known 
that there was trouble ahead for that plane. It looked like it was traveling fast and straight and on course, and the reality is that something was desperately wrong on the inside, and it was headed for disaster. We rush through our lives at breakneck speed. To everyone around us, it appears that we've got it all together. But on the inside, there's a crisis. We face all kinds of stuff that batters and bruises us and messes us up, and it's different for all of us. But we need someone to come alongside of us and refresh us. We need someone to notice that there's ice that's beginning to form on our windows. Maybe we just need some encouragement or someone to say, how's your heart these days? How are you doing? And perhaps the gift of, of encouragement is one of the least appreciated gifts. Paul says, if you have the gift of encouragement, let him or her encourage, Romans 12, 8. We can all encourage. I know that God has especially gifted some to be encouragers. Thanks for using your gift. If you have a gift of encouragement, thanks for using it. As you pray, God resources you to know who to encourage how to encourage. And God will have you encouraged in different ways. Some people like to write it. Some people like to verbalize it. Some people like to do something to serve. Some people like to give a roadmap of, of, uh, of direction and encouragement and the guidance that we're to go from here. God has resourced us for the spiritual warfare that we encounter. Paul said, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. And then Paul talks about the different pieces of armor, God's armor that we need to put on the belt of truth, um, the body armor of God's righteousness, shoes of God's peace, the, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit. And so we pray and we ask God to help us suit up with his armor so that we can be on the defensive and that at times we can be on the offensive. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. So one of the purposes of prayer is to join with the Spirit in engaging in the battle that hold others back and ourselves back. We call it spiritual warfare. The enemy wants to kill and destroy and steal and ice up our windows, but God wants to forgive and restore and heal and renew us. And he gives us the resources in battle what do you need in your battle these days? Do you need truth? Do you need God's righteousness? Do you need peace? Do you need a shield of faith? Do you need the sword of the Spirit? So just again to remind us in Ephesians 6 is a passage about spiritual warfare and Paul is very clear on our need to be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. And then he tells us how to be strong. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. 
And again, the armor consists of righteousness and faith and salvation and so on. And these are the glorious riches, by the way. He's referring to several chapters earlier when he says, uh, which he says makes us strong. Ephesians 3.16, Paul says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Those two passages, Ephesians 3 and Ephesians 6, are referring to the same thing. These are the glorious riches that give us life and strength. Here's a couple of examples. Nehemiah 8.10. And the writer says, And do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The Lord's joy in us rejuvenates us and gives us strength to carry on. When, when, you, when you are facing some huge things in life, have you noticed it? When the Lord puts his joy in your life, you can function so much better. You can cope so much better. You can run and not be weary. It's one of those glorious riches that strengthens you in your inner person. Life is hard without joy. And oh, how about hope? Hope is one of the glorious riches. In Proverbs, we read that hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. But listen to what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 3.12. Since we have such a hope, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Love what Paul says in Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. So how do we appropriate these and all of these other riches? It comes through prayer. It comes through John 15 being in the vine. It, it comes through abiding in Christ. So purposes of prayer, relationship, partnership, alignment, resources for next time, learning, and empowerment. So moms, I just want to use close and use you as an example. It's inspiring this morning. I saw a little mom and a little baby here in the front during when the worship team was rehearsing. It's just inspiring to see moms dote on their infant children who offer so little in return, seemingly. But every sneeze is a big deal. Every turn of the head, every smile. The mother scrutinizes always with a heart full of love. And if moms can love that way, how much more so can God? David Ford, professor at Cambridge, asked a Catholic priest the most common problem he encountered in 20 years of hearing confession. With no hesitation, the priest replied, God. He said very few of the parishioners he meets in confession behave as if God is a God of love and forgiveness and gentleness and compassion. They see God as someone to cower before, not as someone like Jesus, worthy of our trust. And Ford comments that this is perhaps the hardest truth of any to grasp. 
Do we wake up every morning amazed that we are loved by God? Loved by God. Do we allow our day to be shaped by God's desire to relate to us? And I realize personally that my image of God, more than anything else, determines the degree of my honesty in prayer. Do I trust God with myself? Foolishly, I hide myself in fear that God will be displeased, though in fact it might be hiding that displeases God the most. When I finally approach God in fear and trembling, I feel not a tyrant, but a lover. And I hope you do too. I hope you know the deep, deep, deep love in your heart. That he's not a tyrant, but he's one who loves you deeply. And his heart is open for you because he loves you. Let's stand together. Father, we're highly privileged. We're highly privileged to call you Father. We are your sons and daughters. And you call us to your heart. You call us to your heart. So we can know you and love you and partner with you and align with you and use your powerful resources. So thank you, Father. Lord, I pray that uh, every one of us here today would just have a deep sense of your gracious love for us and open our hearts totally to say, Come, come, Father, come to my heart. Come fill me, come strengthen me as I journey with you. In Jesus' name.